I love retirement. Retirement is all it's cracked up to be and more, in my opinion. It's reinventing yourself. It's like you get this opportunity to just keep reinventing yourself and follow passions that you didn't have time uh, to devote to before. You know, I, I had a wonderful career, 30 years of, of a very... Um, you know, interesting career, and I loved it, but um, there's other things I want to do. Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Sandra Snook, and Sandra is also known as the old woman in a van, and that's all I'm going to say about her, and she's going to uh, let us know what life is like in a van. Sandra, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I'm a part-time van traveler, and that was my retirement gift to myself. You know, I've always loved road tripping. Um, I've always loved camping and wilderness areas, and You know, I have a lot of children and some of my kids' friends um, showed up at our house over the years with their vans, you know, because it it seems to, it was a, it's a big movement in in their generation. And I was very intrigued because um, I hate the thought of pulling a trailer or a large RV. I I don't want to drive one and a van was just right. Um, But then I looked at all the, you know, YouTubed myself to death. And I thought, my goodness, I'm so impressed with all of these women who build out their own vans, that I would be a very old woman in a van if I attempted such a thing in ancient, because I just, <laughs> I hate, uh, I hate building anything. This is not what I do. So for my retirement gift to myself was my van. I had a, a company up in the Bay Area build it out. And um, they started the build um, in um, the first of February in uh, 2020. So I committed at the end of 2019. So, you know, and and life changed as far as travel went. And so, but um, I picked up my van in May. It was the best drive through LA ever in my (laughs) life. Um, And and in 2020, I took uh, shorter trips and I didn't veer too far away because I didn't know exactly what, you know, was going to happen with the pandemic. And I, you know, that was pre-vaccine and I am over 60. So I just, I was cautious and I stayed um, and did shorter trips. And then last year as the pandemic um, was in, wasn't as scary and I had vaccines on board, I took um, a long trip at 20 some states and uh, went up from San Diego up through Washington to the San Juan Islands, came diagonal across the U.S., explored the South where I hadn't spent much time, and then went up to New York for my niece's wedding, and then came back. So I, I was a it was a great multi month trip, um, and <laughs> I had to get home 
<coughs> sorry, because my I have elderly dogs that needed attention at home, and I'm kind of dealing with their health care now and going on smaller trips. Um, and since I'm, I, I love the travel. I also felt like I, for myself, I needed to balance that with some other activities, you know, so I have my blog where I describe my van travels and, but I also um, really have a, a need to volunteer and contribute. So I, and I was thinking and trying to decide what that was and what I, what I wanted to do. Um, and so I, I just got my foster care license. Wow. And, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I have seven children and they were, my family was formed by adoption and birth children's. And I've always been passionate about kids. I never got to stay home with my babies ever. You know, I was a professional woman in, you know, the eighties, nineties and beyond. And I, I was like working in my hospital room after my babies were born. I just never got that time. And I love babies. So I was like, okay, well put up or shut up and do this. And so I'm, I now have my license for little babies and I do medically fragile babies. And so I, um, a week ago, just brought home a seven week old baby boy. Well, I'll have short term. So I'm doing short term foster care. Then I can go out in my van and recover from that <laughs> and, and uh, come back and, and, and do it again if I want to. So it's great fun. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So we jumped right in there and, and you said a whole lot of things. In I, that did, I did. I did. And I hadn't told you that I had my was getting my foster license because I didn't know I'd have it. And I didn't know I'd have a baby when I talked to you. And I, I, I'd show him, but I can't. I'm not allowed to put him on. No, videos. that's so he's no, of course thankfully not. sleeping, um, which he hasn't done a lot of. So this is quite a miracle. <laughs> I think this um, interview was meant to be because he's cooperating. Very nice. So let's let's take a step back. You gave yourself a van as a retirement gift. I'm sure that when you were in high school, um, your goal wasn't to be the old lady in the van. So can you talk a little bit about how you got where you are? Yeah. So I'm a veterinarian by training. And then I worked in the I, I'm a pathologist. So I'm not what people think of as a clin practicing clinical veterinarian. I did research and I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. So I, I have a passion for science and medicine. And I think that's where everybody always thought I would go. Um, but I also played with dolls, like, and made created these massive families. So as a single mom, I, I had two children by birth. I got divorced. I always wanted a large family. And I'm sort of a put up or shut up kind of person. And so it's like, do it. And so I ended up adopting children. I went from two kids to six kids in two years. And wow. another one joined us later on. And now they're all adults and doing well. Um, but no one's making me a grandma. So like I said, I wanted to, I, I'm passionate <laughs> about babies and I never got to be a stay at home baby taker care of. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing now. But, you know, my real mantra in life, and it's, it, it's a quote, and I don't know who to attribute it to, um, but it, it um, again, paraphrased as you can't plan your life because then you have a plan, not a life. And I, I, that, I think that that is, I keep that in front of me on my day planner because I'm I'm an old lady and I like a paper day planner still, and I keep that quote in front of me, you know, because I'm, I th I think of myself almost as a recovering over planner, you know, like I like I needed you know and I, and I needed to to survive because I raised a very large family and I had to be very organized. I had a career, 
you know, so everything was meticulously planned in my life. Right. And, but now it doesn't have to be. And I'm learning to let go of that and, you know, find what's natural in my personality. You know, I think that's one of the first steps and then following my passions and, and, what I know about my personality and, you know, I, I, t- I love taking, you know, little personality tests online and stuff and strength finders is one that I've really found valuable and helping me think about who I am. And I always have to be learning something new. That's who I am. And I think it's critical moving into retirement that you know yourself, you know, so you don't, you don't do somebody else's perfect retirement. You do your perfect retirement. And for me, it's learning and exploring new things all the time and challenges. I like complexity. If you haven't figured that out by now, (laughs) I really kind of enjoy a a complex life. And so um, I set it up to be complicated (laughs) and then I have to sink or swim. But that's that's how I get um, fun. But it all comes from sort of knowing yourself, I think, and making that plan. I think that's true. And you, you led right into my next kind of question area. You talked about uh, planning and how you, you used to be a planner, but you don't think that that's really the way to live your life. And planning is one of the themes that I'm trying to go with on the show uh, this season. But I'm also using confidence, freedom. And I think those are things that, uh, that you have in spades in terms of where your life is going and what you're doing, because you struck out on your own, you adopted all these kids, you're, you're a foster mom to babies. Now you're driving around, you've got the freedom of the open road in front of you. All of that stuff allows you to be who you are and do what you want when you want it. And I think that that's really important. And it's something that a lot of us don't think about in retirement, we we kind of close ourselves off a little bit and think, Oh, now, you know, now I'm done. And what comes next? And that's not the way it is at all. And and I think you're saying that that retirement kind of opens up the doors. Has has it changed your life a little bit retiring? Oh yeah. I mean, I you know my life before. I mean, I I, I was an executive in a company, and it was you know I, the center of my work universe was in Belgium. So I was on I was on teleconferences from five a.m you know, on and, and worked, you know, outrageous hours and was kind of consumed by work. And I really needed to, to even though I loved the science that I did, I, I was really done with corporate America and the politics of corporate America. And I had to detoxify from that for a year. So I, I had the van built for sure. And I knew I wanted to, to get on the road, but otherwise I really made myself for that first year not commit to much, you know, to, to sort of sit with myself because I'm not very good at that. You know, that's a challenge for me. I, 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 I tend to dive right into things and I needed to just, you know, be in this new condition and see what it was like and see what pulled to me, you know, and, and, you know, because I thought originally I might go out for, you know, indefinitely in my van, just go out for months and months. Well, no, that, that was that's not really for me, I, you know, a month or two out and then back. I, I really I like, you know, I live in a wonderful place, San Diego, and I like being here and but and I like being on the road, but I, I don't want to do either exclusively. But I had to try it out to see um, what the right balance was going to be. And like I said, I'm, I'm really pulled to also volunteer and contribute um, 
you know, in some way. And so I needed, I needed to do that too. I couldn't just go out and explore on the road. And I decided to start my blog because of what you said, you know, as I got involved in more online communities with solo women, van lifers or RV and campers, you know, the a resounding theme keeps coming out as a lack of confidence and fear. And I, I saddens me that so many of my woman peers, their friends and family um, are just these incredible negative Nellies. I mean, they're just constantly telling the women to be afraid of everything yeah. in the environment and, and, you know, to, and discouraging them from, from doing you know, anything almost other than sitting at home. And I, I, I want to help women understand or believe that they can do things, you know, that, that it, you know, and that they can, you know, they can follow their dreams. And it's really amazing when you, when you get that opportunity. So what do you do to, um, stave off any fears that crop up. I, there's got to be times you're driving along, you're on your own, you're in a brand new place that you've never been. A little bit of doubt creeps in. What do you do? Absolutely. Well, that's part of it is like conquering some of those fears. I have a bridge phobia. And when you're driving a van by yourself across the country, there are bridges. <laughs> you have to cross the Mississippi River. You cannot go to the East Coast without going across the Mississippi River. And, you know, I am, I'm, you know, I'm much better with bridges, you know, and, and mountain driving is a little scary for me. I mean, there's a, a lot of things that I, I, I am a little scared of or a lot scared of. And, you know, when you're out on the road by yourself, you just, you have to face those fears, but you're in control of how you face those fears too. So, you know, yeah. I, if I, if I had, no, I have some scary bridges that day, I, you know, I, I keep, the driving to a couple hours and I have a plan, you know, I play a playlist, you know, that I can sing out loud to when I'm going over the bridge and I kind of tackle that. But sometimes I'm, I'm done with the bridge and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, time to go to find a dairy queen now. Or something because <laughs> It's just, you know, because it is, it is overwhelming, you know? Um, but also I think women are conditioned to be more afraid of exploring on their own than they need to be. Because the statistics, you know, the, the women are seems to, a large portion of women seem to be terrified of traveling by themselves, especially road tripping or camping, that they're going to be assaulted. And I have two, two comments about that. First, the data just doesn't support that. Especially if you're out in the wilderness, the, 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 your risk is so much lower than it is even in a small town. I mean, you know, it, it just rarely happens. And second, um, it rarely happens. And as a as an old white woman, you are the most invisible person in the universe. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, people are not you. I mean, there's an advantage to that because you can always be an observer, you know, and nobody notices that you're around or watching You really, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that, but you know, you really are invisible. Nobody particularly cares. Maybe other women. I mean, it would be women most, most of the time who would engage me, you know, if I at a campground or somewhere else or like getting gas was a common place where people would say, is that your van? You know, and they'd want to see it and stuff, you know, but other Sometimes some young people like I'd be at a camping and I'd go out during the day and I'd come back and some 
you know, 20 something year old would have set up a tent in my campsite, you know, and I, and so, um, and, and I usually just shared my campsite with them because it wasn't that big a deal. I didn't need a tent and, and I'd make some friends, but otherwise you really, people don't pay very much attention to you or care about you and they're not stalking you and trying to hurt you. And, um, and I realize that that's a very real fear for people, but, but the real fears to worry about are kind of, our health and injuries, you know, and, and having a plan to deal with those if you're out traveling by yourself. Uh, yes, that um, I was going to say, I think probably breaking down somewhere in the middle of nowhere is something I'd worry about more than yeah. being assaulted by somebody when I'm out there in the middle of nowhere. Yes, Because absolutely. there's probably nobody around. <laughs> right, right. And and if they are, there are people like you, actually, for the most part. And, and yeah. you can always get in your van and drive away if you're in a situation that you feel uncomfortable in, too. So, yeah. Um, and so it's not... Um, it really, you know, I'd, I'd encourage people to to not think of that as the issues, but to make a plan for things like um, uh, breakdowns. You know, you, you've got to have good coverage to be able to get your your vehicle towed and taken care of. You need a reliable vehicle. You know, um, you need all-terrain wheels so that you get, can get unstuck. Because I, I got stuck three times on my trip last summer and um, had to be towed out. Um, because mud is not my friend, <laughs> um, but it all worked out. And I also, I, I developed hypertension on my trip last summer, like really, really bad hypertension. So I've been um, very healthy and all of a sudden I had to go to the emergency room because my blood pressure was, you know, like 260 over 130. It was really high. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's what's going to happen to older women when they're out somewhere. It's like something is going to happen to their health or if they're hiking by themselves, you know, I, I, you have to be able to um, access help and have an emergency kit with you. And so I, I use the, these little Garmin satellite communicators yeah. and um, it has an SOS function. I can send preset texts to my family. So if I don't have cell coverage, I can just send them a text saying I'm off grid, but I'm fine. Um, and I, you can add on um, evacuation insurance and it, it's very cheap. It's like, you know, $11, $15 a month to have a Garmin. And, and then they will come in like, it, it, and, and extract you, you know, from a hiking trail somewhere. Because that's what's most likely to happen is you're going to fall and hurt your ankle and not be able to get out somewhere by yourself. And, and you have to have a plan to, you know, you can't be stupid about what your travels, but, um, but there's so many ways of, of putting escape routes in place or, you know, ways to get plan. help. The little bit of planning that you do have to have, even when you're trying to live without a plan. Yeah. And you have to take care of yourself too. You know, I mean, health issues are going to come up. I mean, there's no particular reason why I developed hypertension, but 70% of women our age are hypertensive. So, you know, most of us are, it happens. And, um, you know, but you do need to take care of yourself. And, you know, I hate exercising. I, hate exercising. Um, ask me how much I hate exercising. Hate <laughs> um, but other than hiking, you know, um, but you know, you have to do it. I don't know about you, but when I hit like 55 or so, it's like, I felt my strength and balance dissipating into the ether. Yep. And it was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't let this happen. I mean, it will eventually happen, but I need to take care of myself Yep. so that I can stay mobile 
and be able to do the things that I want to do. And even though I hated it, I had to do it. And so I did. And, you know, I, I have lost, you know, over the last six years, I think I've lost 60 pounds. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty pudgy and, but I, it's <laughs> like, I just, I have to do this. I have to take care of myself. And, you know, so, so I did, it was a big wake up call, but, um, and I, I hate exercising so much. I had to find a, I found I, for me, what worked was getting a personal trainer because I won't do it. Otherwise I will not yeah. do it. But if I, but I investing in myself and investing in my health is a wise decision. And it took me six decades to figure that out. <laughs> but I have so figured bad. Out. Yeah. You know, well, better than nine decades, right? Yep. I don't know. Do you exercise and things? You look fit. <laughs> I do actually. I, uh, I get up at about five 30 or six o'clock in the morning every day. And that's when I do all my exercise, get it out of the way before the day starts before I'm awake. And I don't really notice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the fun things about retirement though, is, is deciding what you want to do in the morning to me, yep. be, especially since I used to have to be on teleconferences at 5.00 AM. And now um, yeah, I won't, I really don't book anything before 9.00 AM, but interestingly, I still wake up the same time I used to wake up. I, have exactly. not, I was curious to see whether I would move to a later um, wake up time, but I still wake up before five. But I use yep. that. That's like my head time. You know, I read because um, I, 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 if you've been to my, my blog, it also has a lot of book reviews and book lists. Yes. I'm sort of a voracious reader and I'm trying to help put a book list together for every state in the country and every province oh, nice. in Canada. So people who are road tripping can um, find books that will help them understand the places that they're traveling to. Oh, Either that's fabulous. I focus on historical fiction or novels um, that I think give a great sense of place to an area and maybe um, cover an area that you that you might not go to, you know, because, um, you know, it's it's not a, exactly a tourist destination, but it helps you understand the culture of, of the place that you're from. And I try and include indigenous works too. So either nice. books written by the indigenous people from a community or about, and that's been a great awakening for me was really starting to understand and grasp the diversity of the first people that live on this continent and reading about them as I am traveling through the areas that they lived in. And it just, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I also include like cozy romances and mysteries too. Um, but I am, I'm always listening to audiobooks when I am on the road. Yeah, that's what and, I do and, when I'm out walking. Yeah, and that's, well, that's, so that's the first thing I did exercise-wise was start walking, but music playlists didn't do anything for me. I get bored after no. the second time I listened to it, and so I had to, uh, so I discovered audiobooks. Yeah. So what speed do you listen to? What speed? Yeah, do you speed them up? <laughs> um. It depends. If I really don't like the narrator, sometimes I speed them up. But usually I listen on just on the normal, you know, one time oh. speed. I found um, I, I had to discover the fact that I could speed them up uh, oh, to yeah. start enjoying audiobooks because my issue at the one X is I, I drift. My, my attention drifts. And mine and, does and too. It, yeah. And if I speed it up, um, I started out speeding it up just like to 1.25 or 1.5. But just that little boost in speed focuses my brain on on the book. And so then I could um, 
I, I, and then I just became an addict to audiobooks. I love audiobooks. And, and that's what got me out walking, you know, because if I, I love to read and if I had a book only on audio and I was engaged in it, then, then I went out and walked. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea, actually, because I do find myself, I can hear the book in the background, but I'm thinking about something else. And then yeah. I, have to, you know, I stop and I realize I haven't heard the last chapter. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And you have to, and then you are doing all this rewinding to, to yep. listen to something. Well, try <laughs> listening to a little bit faster and your ears get trained. And, and I think they might yeah. use filters now too, so that you don't have as much distortion. It doesn't sound like the chipmunks <laughs> when you listen to it at a high speed, because my ear is so trained now that most books, I, I usually start at 2x now. Wow. Um, and it, it, it's been years of kind of developing and training my ear to listen. And then, you know, if there's a lot of accents or something, I may have, I may go down, or if it's something I'm not as engaged in, I'll crank it up because I also <laughs> have a hard time um, not finishing a book. If I started, I usually, it's yes. like, I'm going to believe in the author that they have something that's going to come through by the end. Yep. You like uh, that? Actually, I'm, yes. And right now I'm listening to a book and it's an author that I enjoy but the narrator I'm not enjoying and his, his intonation, you know, his, his pauses are not in the right places in so many of the sentences. And it's just, have you read the story? (laughs) Do you know what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's making it hard to continue. I I want to get through the story because I like it, but yeah, this, uh, this particular narrator is not good. So I've scrolled through a bunch of the books to see which one's, you know, this narrator is on and thank goodness there's only one more. (laughs) Do you get most of your audiobooks from your library or from Audible? Uh, Actually, I use Scribed most of the time. Oh, okay. Okay. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really lucky the San Diego County Library, not the city library, but if anybody's out there from San Diego, the county library has almost every audiobook that you would want to listen to. And they have oh, used wow. the Libby app and it's really, really yep. an excellent app. So um, it's the way to go. Yes, definitely. If you can do it, if you can get them for free, that's way better than paying for, you know, Scribed or Audible or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back to your, your trip or trips. Yeah. What do your, uh, what do your kids think of you going off on your own? Were they happy to hear that you were doing it? Were they a little nervous about it? No, my, my kids are just fantastic. And, and, you know, well, I I started taking road trips as a child, my parents took road trips. And so my brother and I would go and, and I took my kids on a road trip every year, almost occasionally we would fly somewhere, but it was a large family. So mostly we did a van. Um, And, uh, and so they know that's who I am. And in fact, well, there's one funny story with my oldest daughter, because she was in, um, doing a year abroad in France. And she went on a long hiking trip through part of the Camino um, uh, that's in France. And, um, and I found out after she left that she was hiking by herself. And as a mom, I went like, oh, my gosh, you know, you were a Girl Scout, you know, you don't go off on by yourself. And, and I called her dad who, you know, we divorced when she was, you know, in kindergarten. And I, and I was going, oh, my gosh, do you know what she's doing? Oh, and he just paused and he said, well, do you think she got it from me? <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, yeah. You know, because I, I was always going off on trips by myself. And, and, you know, before I was married and had kids, like I went off to Kenya and Ethiopia back in the 
early 80s. And, and so my kids said that's just part of our family is doing these trips. And part of what I did last summer was also go and visit my children who live all over the country. Um, and you know, nice. So I see them. And, you know, and like I said, I, I have that Garmin where I can send them a text and I do that. I'm, I'm very religious about sending a text if I don't have cell coverage so that they know that I'm okay, but I don't think they've ever worried about me. And they're also great travelers. You know, they all do their own thing and, and, and travel and kind of push the envelope. And I'm so proud of them for doing that. And so, I mean, it was a gift my parents gave me and I hope it's a gift I've given my children. And so, no, they're my biggest cheerleaders. And I'm really grateful for that because you get on the, in the communities, I see a lot of women um, have this dream and they're all ready to go and then their family finds out about it and, and they, um, the, the, I, some, it feels almost like emotional abuse from the children to their parents and their moms, you know, on, on trying to sabotage um, their ability to, or desire to go out and explore. Um, and, and that makes me sad. So I, I hope people push back against that some, and, and it is hard, but my, now my kids are always been, we're, we're mutual cheerleaders of each other's passions. And that, that, that makes all, it makes a difference. Exactly. It does. It must be, it must be hard for people who are in your shoes and go off and do something knowing that people at home aren't happy with it. I mean, that's got to hurt too, a little bit, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, and you worry, you know, because, you know, you don't want to make your family unhappy or make them worry and stuff. And so I can see why some women would abandon their dreams because of that, because the the pressure can become very um, relentless. And, you know, and also I'm, I'm single, so I, I'm not married and, um, you know, I, I, I've kind of come to peace with the fact that there's a lot of things I do really well, but I not relationships. So, <laughs> you know, and it just, it's just, nothing's worked out for me. And, and so I, I'm making lemonade out of it because I can do what I want to do. And um, exactly. so I guess, you know, in some ways that's an advantage, you know, um, in retirement. Um, it's also really nice. I'm sure, you know, to grow old with another person. Um, but sure I also see yeah. there are many women who, who's their, their spouse doesn't like to travel and they want to travel. And, and it's the, it's the fortunate ones whose spouses are fine and encouraging and say, go, you know, and, and they're, they will go out for a month or so and then come home to the spouse that doesn't want to travel. Um, And, and so. So we've mentioned a couple of times your website, it's, um, the old woman in a van, is that? It's old woman woman in a van.com. Okay, oldwomaninavan.com, and I'll make sure it goes in the show notes. I have looked at it, actually, believe it or not, and I love all the things that are there, the talking about the van and talking about the books you read and a little bit of everything, and, and I, think that's, uh, I think that's important because all of the different aspects are part of what you're doing. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, I, now I'm kind of puzzling on what I should do with you know, the other half of my life, like the foster parenting, if I should add that to my blog. I mean, I, it's kind of goes off track then, or if I should start another blog because that's, a, you know, for, for people who do love children, there's such a need um, mm-hmm. for foster care. And there's so many different ways you can contribute to um, being a foster parent or be a foster. You can 
provide short-term respite care, which is only a day or two at a time. You can yep. do a longer-term placement. You know, um, you can pick your ages, you know, that you're comfortable with um, taking care of it. And so, you know, there's a, if, if you, um, are you, if you are passionate about children, that's another wonderful thing to do in retirement. It keeps you young. I wonder if that's something that you could kind of connect with traveling in your van, <clears throat> maybe doing the foster care and going to another city and spending a couple of days somewhere and doing doing things that way. I, I don't know. Just it kind of popped into my head. Maybe. I mean, I do know people, you know, other veterinary friends, for example, who um, they travel and they'll go um, sign up to do spay neuter clinics, for example, in, in um, various communities. A friend of mine from vet school just spent a couple weeks in on a, um, on a reservation in Arizona. And I think in two days they did uh, over 150 spay neuters, wow. you know, and, um, and, and then she went home and, and another friend is going out to the Dakotas to do that later this summer as well. So I, I think there's a lot if you look for it, you can find it. Exactly. Sure. That's yeah. So we've talked, we've talked about a lot of different things. Um, if you were asked to give one piece of advice to someone heading into retirement, not sure what they're doing, what would you, what would you say to them? Um, well, I would say first, if you, if they were really at a loss of what they're going to do, that they, that they just take a few months you know, maybe even a year um, of not making many plans or any plans and, and sitting with themselves and kind of shedding the old you and, and finding out who that new person is. It, it's a lot like when you're raising children, if you just sit and watch your children and give them playtime, free time, you know, that's not planned and orchestrated, then you start seeing who they are and they, and they can find out who they are. You know, so, um, and that doesn't mean you just sit in a chair and don't do anything during that year, but you don't make commitments, you know, for longer term things, you know, so you, you play and, and, and let go and, um, and, and then see, you know, and keep an open mind and also know that even in retirement, you get to keep reinventing yourself. So, you know, you might, you might, you know, travel in a van or do some road tripping or cruises for a year or so, and then you want to do something else. You the travel, you know, you lose the travel bug, and you and you want to do a different thing. And um, I guess that's why I would encourage people just to be nice to themselves, you know, and and first give themselves some freedom to actually figure out what they want to do. Because again, if you've worked a normal career or job like uh, most people have in America, our age. Um, you might not even know what you want to do Yep. with free time. I don't know. And when you retired, was it very different than what you thought? Are you doing different things? Well, um, when this actually airs, it'll have been a little while. But to be honest, I retired from my job a week ago. So, oh, congratulations. So, thank you. So we'll see what it's going to be like. And I plan to do you know, pretty much what you've said. I'm going to take some time off, see what it is I want to do kind of let my interests lead the way for a little while. I'm going to be doing some traveling, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I, one, one thing I never expected I would do, I thought I was completely done with my, you know, the, my career related work. 
but about a year and a half, almost two years after I retired, some people contacted me about consulting in my area of expertise. And I really struggled with that decision, but I did decide to do it. But I put very, very strong boundaries on it. So it didn't take over my life again. And I limit it yeah. to 10 hours a week, you know, and, and it keeps my brain active and, yeah. um, you know, so, and, and I make money, you know, so it's a little bit, of, so I, I know this isn't about finances, but it delays my having to withdraw from my 401ks, you know, exactly because I'm doing that and I can, I can make enough um, with 10 hours a week. And I can do it on the road, you know, so I'm very, very transparent with, you know, the companies I'm consulting for, who I am, and what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. What? A, that is so wonderful, because I never, you know, I always had to just do what I was told. <laughs> and then, yep. now I can just say, no, um, uh, you know, I, I, this is what I can do. And yes, I do travel in a van, but I'm happy to find a place I have self coverage if I know there's a meeting and I will, you know, I, I can work on the road and I do. Um, and it worked out um, um, really well. I would only say that, that my because I started doing it really quick and I have an LLC for my blog and it's oldwomaninavan.com. And I decided not to create a new LLC. And I didn't know that you could do this thing doing business as and kind of use a different name. So there's some things I, I could have done, but I, when I signed my contract, it's just, uh, I changed the front part of my email, but it's still at oldwomaninavan.com. And the business people and the finance people like, so, like is this a real person? Is it, what is this? But it's actually, it's been kind of, it's been positive because everybody remembers who I am. So, uh, yeah. and, and again, it's just, I am who I am. And if, if a person doesn't want to work with me as a consultant because of that, I'm, that's fine. Um, yeah, exactly. It can find a corporate -y person again, but, um, um, and so, so I am doing that now. Uh, on a limited basis. But again, it's really nice to have control over it. Yep, that's it. Exactly. I got asked if I would be open to doing some consulting. And I said, sure, as long as I can do it from Mexico. It's, you know, oh, yeah, wherever I happen to be, I, I'm not going to be sitting at home waiting for it. You know, I live in San Diego, I'm, you know, 15 miles from the border. I've never been to Mexico. And there isn't any reason why I haven't been to Mexico. I just haven't, it just hasn't been where I've gone. And so I'm looking for um, some van meetups, I think, and I'm going to start doing some exploring in Mexico as well. Cause that, you know, it's just silly that I haven't been there. Yep. I've traveled all over the world and I haven't been to Mexico and it's in my own backyard. So um, <laughs> maybe the next spot. Yeah. An awful lot of van people head down to Baja um, and that area in the winter time. So there's a lot yeah. of meetups and kind of group activities. And I haven't done as much of that. that. That's another thing people need to know about themselves. You know, are they introverts or extroverts? I think that's a really yeah. critical feature. Very um, important. And especially if you're going to, if you're contemplating something like solo travel or van or RV travel, because that, that's a solo endeavor, you know, and you are by yourself. Um, and, you know, whatever baggage you have at home, you take on the road with you and it, it, with anything it's amplified because you're not, you don't have distractions of the things that you have at home. Um, and so, you know, you get, you get the opportunity to process all of your 
all of your pent up baggage, you know, along yeah. the way. It might be good or bad. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's van life and travel. It's not all as it, it's not all the Instagrammable, you know, no. <laughs> um, that's the same with normal everyday life. It's not all put on Instagram and Facebook either. There's the yeah, real stuff. Yeah. But as I always tell my children, it's, it's unfortunate, but the things that we learn the most from are generally Problems. not the good things that happen to us, but the challenges yeah. that we face. And those are the things that we actually tell stories about later on because we overcame them. They become part of your internal folklore. But yeah. at, in the moment, um, they might not be very pleasant. You know, so. Yep, that's true. But you have to so, know yourself. I mean, if you're an extrovert and you go van lifing, you need to find ways to connect meetups. people yep. at the meetups. And, and there are lo- loads and loads of that. There's a group called um, Sisters on the Fly, um, which is all made up of mostly older women, but all solo women campers. Many of them are like trailer and RV, and then there's vans. And, and they have get-togethers all over the country all the time and stuff. And, and there are other groups like that as well. So uh, you could spend your entire time on the road caravanning with other people, you know, being in an incredibly social situation. I just, I don't do that because I'm, I'm a, an extreme introvert, really. Well, it's good to know that there's something for everybody because I'm sure that, uh, in the listeners, there are introverts, there are extroverts, there are people who can't wait to go out in a van and others that say, oh, my God, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, it's all about self-awareness, right? You, you have the best retirement if you have self-awareness of who you are. And if your life circumstances have really prevented you from learning that and doing that exploration, there's no time like the present. And when you retire is a great time to start really understanding yourself and who you are and what makes you who you are. And, and then as you learn that, then you start the things that you want to do um, bubble up to the top. Yeah, exactly. I always ask myself, am I going to regret not doing X when I'm trying to make a decision? Am I going to do it? Am I going to regret not doing it? Um, And often that really helps me decide whether or not to do something. Do you have a special, you know, kind of, that's actually one of the things that I, that I think as well is I think about it is what am I getting out of it? Is it going to last me a while? Like if I do this, is the benefit going to outlast the not doing it kind of same idea as what you're saying, you know, am I going to regret it? So I look at it from both sides. Am I going to regret doing it? Yeah. Maybe sometimes that happens. But usually it's a, you know, gee, I wish I had done. And so it's a. Because yeah. you, know, you really, you get to our age and you really, you realize that more of your life's behind you than in front of you. Yeah. And there's no guarantee how many good years we're going to have, right? You know, I hope I have a couple of decades still of being able to get out and about and hike and things, um, you know, but you never know. And, and so I think there's a more of a urgency to make sure that I, I don't waste this opportunity I have. Right? Yeah, and that's it. Exactly. I think that's an important thing for everybody to remember is that you've only got right now, you don't know, you know, how many right nows there are going to be in the future, or if there are going to be any. So you've got to take advantage of what you can in the moment. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now I, I detect an uh, about. Um, are you are you from the Upper Midwest or Canada? <laughs> I'm in Canada. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I've driven almost. Well, definitely from um, like the Great Lakes all the way west. Um, and oh. I've been to select cities on the east, but I have a lot more of Canada to explore now that it's opened up again. Yep. My and my my ultimate trip is uh, the Dempster Highway up to the oh. Arctic Circle and to yep. spend wow. uh, several months in Alaska. You know, it's sort of the the big the big Kahuna trip for me as in nice. the Northern Lights. But uh, I, I love yeah. the open road in Canada. There's a lot of it. <laughs> There's a lot of it, but it's really I, I love that wide open space and, and the mountains are gorgeous too. And yeah, yeah. So I think I think this is a good place to end um, before we start talking about how wonderful Canada is. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for being with me today, Sandra. I've really enjoyed it. I've got a lot of really good ideas about things that I want to do now because of this. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And you know, to your guests out there, um, if you've retired, have fun <laughs> and let me know. Um, you know that people can connect to me on the on the blog and stuff too, because I love to. I love to meet up with people, you know, as I do travel around. Um, it's, it's always a lot of fun um, to meet people that I only know online and then have a coffee with them somewhere. Um, so, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah, great. So uh, if people uh, are um, intrigued by my story, uh, welcome to reach out to me. They can always send me a direct email through my blog and, uh, and strike up a friendship. That'd be great. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye-bye. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.